Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such a pleasure and honor, as always, to host this important and all-embracing program. We are grateful to God Almighty for the gift of life. And more importantly, I'm grateful to God for the opportunity given to me to share and to learn from every one of you. Thanks to our sponsors, MTN, for also standing by us. And as you know, my dear friends, in the course of this month, we have been looking at the subject of ethics. Today marks a very great day, and I want to wrap all of this by really going home to the place where we all try to practice a lot more of our ethical leadership. And so will you permit me to close the entire series by talking and discussing about ethics in the workplace. And I trust God that by the time we go through this, there are some things that will be open to you to see, and there are some others that will create a light to the would-be leaders and business owners within our polity. Ethics in the workplace. So how do we define ethics? Just for the purpose of recognition and retention, ethics is a group of moral principles, standards of behavior or set of values regarding proper conduct in the workplace. That is the definition I've coined for ethics in the workplace. And I want you to understand that ethics and relationship at work have several dimensions. Dimension one, you have management or you have the owner and then the customer. Dimension two, you have the management, you have the owner, and then you have employees. And dimension three, you have the employees, you have the employer, you have co-workers, and then you have the customer. Regardless of every space you find yourself within the business world, one of these three dimensions will be your operating model, even as I speak to you today. And so what are the challenges that we have in ethics and governance. What does ethics and governance represent from a people's standpoint? The first one is legal. There are breaches of ethics in human resources that can lead companies into a world of legal issues. Meaning that if you are in a particular company or business or own a business, there are certain human resource or HR practices that you can unknowingly get involved with or breach ethics that can land you in a world of legal issues. The second part of ethics and governance has to do with company reputation. And this has to do with discrimination issues, sexual harassment issues, and unfair employment policies. These three, amongst others, are as critical towards building a company's reputation. So remember, we're talking about ethics in the workplace because in business, if you do not have all of this put together as we profiled 
in the course of the month, you might find yourself in a very uncomfortable space. Let me say this for emphasis. Gaining reputation as an ethical employer can help to attract the best of talent in your industry. So if you have reputation for being an ethical employer, the best of the best talent will want to work with your company. But if you have a poor or bad reputation, nobody will want to come over if that person is considered to be a fantastic talent. So you see the importance of ethics in governance. The other part to it is about employee loyalty. Treating employees ethically can garner long-term trust and loyalty. When your employees find out that you as an employer, you treat them ethically and you do not throw them under the bus or out of consideration, then trust them to go the whole hog and to be able to give you their unalloyed loyalty. Finally, promoting ethics requires that HR policies must be done to counter the ills of the workplace. And some of those ills are what I've mentioned before. Remember when I talked about ethics in business, and I also talk, talked about ethics with our supplier network. We also talked about ethics when it comes to us doing certain fair practices in terms of competition, our competitors, and also our industry. Discrimination treatment of employees and sexual harassment, those items I talked about for company reputation are very necessary in order to promote ethics. And most importantly, having a proper ethics program in your company will help build a culture of mutual respect and dignity. I'm sure a lot of people will be wondering why so much emphasis on ethics? Friends, I tell you, ethics is what brings sustainability. And the reason why I spent a whole month looking at it from a business education standpoint is to help many a young employee, a many a young employer of labor to understand the things that they need to do. Because I know that today's crave for SMEs and entrepreneurship one factor that is not emphasized is the factor around ethics. Everybody is careful to talk about it simply because they know that they either cannot stand in front of the mirror and address people ethically, or they are ignorant of it, or they choose to live in denial. And so today, the push that we have is to have more entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurs, let us give them access to finance. Let's give them access to do business. Let's create an environment with ethics out of the window. There is no amount of finance. There is no amount of environmental cleanliness that you might have. You will totally fall through the cracks. Why? Because ethics drives everything that you do. But we are not teaching our entrepreneurs about ethics. We are not teaching our employees and putting them under the ghana of trust and development by developing programs to drive a culture of mutual respect and dignity. That is why 
we are not productive as a people. Friends, don't you think it is unassailable that every time Nigeria will talk about itself, we pride ourselves in numbers, 200 plus million people in one space spread across the tentacles of the world. But then when it comes to reputation, the first thing you do when you say you are a Nigerian, either as a businessman, a scholar, eyebrows are raised. Why? Because over time, they have been eroded. Ethical dimensions have been eroded. And so people on the outside do not necessarily believe a lot in seeing the individuality and the pros of Nigerians, despite that, the fact that Nigerians are excelling all over the world. But that little taint that we have of the tendency to have unethical dimensions takes everything out of it. So you see why it's very, very important that we focus on the things that are right. I'm grateful to God for giving me the ability to share part of my experience with you in the whole month of March. It was a special that I put together for you deliberately because in the next two days, on the 1st of April, this entity called Corporate Shepherds, of which I have the privilege of leading, will be 12 years old. And what else can I give to you as a befitting prelude to our 12th anniversary to let you see that living an ethical direction and life as a business is very key, which is why I'm rounding off the entire program, looking at it from a workplace standpoint. And so I'm going to talk now about human resources and ethics. So HR, as we know it, deals with a variety of ethical challenges. And I want you to see the correlation between human resources and ethics, especially in the workplace. Now, for all the HR practitioners, those that are in HR department, they are seen as the department that deals directly with people employed by the company. HR includes pitfalls that can damage a company's reputation of financial sustainability if mismanaged. So what are the ethical issues in human resources or what we call HR? I want to say to you, there are eight potential dimensions that we must consider and look out for. Number one, employee responsibility. Number two, cash and compensation plans. Number three, performance appraisal. This is very, very critical. Remember, I'm talking about human resources and ethics, the correlation. What is the correlation between human resources or HR and ethics, on the other hand? I started by saying, number one, employee responsibility. Every employee must be saddled with a degree of responsibility. Every employee must be told and must understand that it's not just about picking up your salary at the end of the month. There is something required of you. That is why you are hired by the organization. Your skill, your ability, your competence, your talent is so key that the organization needs you and they, in return, will provide some form of exchange. That exchange could be in terms of cash. That exchange could be in terms of benefits in kind, that exchange can be in the form of having you to serve as an ambassador. It is not in every case 
that you have to follow a certain path, meaning that depending on the industry and the business nature or model, employee responsibility can vary from organization to organization. And so employee responsibility is one ethical issue in HR that needs to be taken very seriously. The second one is cash and compensation plans. When you do not consider cash and compensation for your employees, then you know that there is a, a ticking time bomb. That is why when you look at a company or even a business or a sector, tell you that people have not been paid for months, then you know it's an ethical issue because if people are not paid, then how do you expect them to leave? It's either one or two things. Either they are living off you or they are living inside you. What do I mean? They can actually be robbing Peter to pay Paul. There are loads of those happening today in the private and public sector. But it's all because some organizations or companies do not have well laid out cash and compensation plans. What do I mean? You are get hired today and the goalpost is changed the next day. They tell you we are going to give you 100 Naira every day. You come the next day and they tell you, sorry, it is no longer 100 Naira, it's 70 Naira. That is an ethical issue. Why? Because there was a contract. Many organizations don't go back to revisit the contract. And so they take people for granted. And that in itself could land you, that is the company, in some whirlpool of legal tussle. Not to talk of compensation. The third item is a performance appraisal. Many times you find this particular um, index as a way to balance out between what I asked you to do, what I hired you to do, and what you have done. It is called appraisal. It is called a performance management system. Do you know, because it is left to the whims and caprices of the managers or the line managers, it's left with a lot of subjectivity. That is if there isn't a proper structure. So if in an organization that has a proper structure, there are certain ways and means in which performance appraisals are handled. In some organizations, it's done mid-year, that is by the middle of the year and at the end of the year. Some others, it's called the annual performance appraisal. And some others, they have them quarterly. Some will do theirs monthly, depending on the nature of the business. Performance appraisal is one item that could create ethical issues in human resources. The fourth item that can create ethical issues in HR is privacy. Privacy issues abound. When the company has the data of several individuals, it is very important that those information will be kept, almost like Fort Knox cannot be shared without express permission from the owner. Likewise, the owner or the employee cannot just share information about the company to anybody. It is the dual effect. And why do you think it's an ethical issue in human resources? Then it requires that the things you know about employee A, about employee B, you can't take employee A's items to go tell employee C. And this is why there are different layers of management. And this is why it's important to have mature people being promoted into management. If you tend to have babies in management, 
then there will be trouble. If you have babies with chatter, they are chatter boxes, they talk, they are able to whisper, they are able to do things. Oh, have you heard this? In no time, they will take on private issues that are meant to be for their subordinates and begin to share them with everybody. Such people could create ethical issues for the company. The fifth item here is around race and disability. This is a very critical aspect also. Many times you always find people talk about the race issues, racial issues. Racial issues come up, especially when you have in an organization that is multinational. Multinational will bring diverse and diverse nationals in one space. And so cultural innuendos will come to play. Not just the cultural innuendos, there's also the place of appreciating those that have one form of um, disability or the other. Now, do you, as an organization, have a plan on how to tackle those that are being employed, which you can, that are otherwise able? Do we have such? If you don't, there will be issues around it ethically, because you must, in this day and age, it is absolutely considered as a must do because everybody must be catered for. It's called inclusiveness. And HR must see that. So if you are in a business and you have a business and you do not look at these two issues, maybe you are a local champion, you're just serving people in your community or your, in your small space. The day your business begins to grow, you realize that these are issues that will smile and look at you boldly in the face and you may not have answers. The sixth one has to do with safety and health. If companies do not take safety and health of their employees seriously and anything happens, huge compensations will be leveled against the company. And so it's important, especially at a time like this, that companies will take appropriate measures to ensure that their staff their teams are safe and they are healthy. Health insurance scheme is no longer a carrot you will dangle. It is a must do. So if you work for a business and you are not under any form of health insurance, it is a potential ethical challenge that will come through because the health of an organization is also the health of the people. If the health of the people not considered and this organization is seeing them as an as a cost item and not an investment to enable them be better than the company is not running ethically. Now it's looking about saving money or putting it as profit rather than taking care of the employees. And like I always say, safety and health of employees and indeed everyone that is under the working uh, space of that business entity must be paramount, whether public whether private, even within family. The seventh point here is around employment issues. You know, it is very easy to have ethical challenges when it comes to employment issues. And you know the way it goes out, conflicts of interest, that people want to go through the act of nepotism. I want to hire my brother, my sister, my cousin. Those things need to be treated very well because if you do not, 
it will create a bad precedent. And once done, it can never be raised until it is dealt with. The surgery has to be applied. And so if you find yourself in any of those spaces, like I did tell you the whole month, you must come to the party with open hands. You must be able to declare it and let people know that that person, I am related to that person who just applied for this job. And let the system know that clearly that person is related to me, but has no business or so with, I have no business, I beg your pardon, with him or her being employed. But you know, you have to go through the test of that meal because there are ethical issues. Last but not the least, is around ethical issues, around restructuring and layoff. This is one that provides one of the biggest challenges in the business environment or the workplace. Ethical issues around restructuring and layoff. It comes with a lot of bile. In the life of my career, I've had the privilege, whilst at the Coca-Cola company, whilst at Guinness, and whilst at Samsung, to lead and Cadbury, yes, Cadbury was huge, to lead the restructuring of the business and also in some cases where we had to let some people go. As painful as it would be, that is one particular aspect where you find a strong correlation between ethics and governance, between human resources and ethics, because restructuring is not something that comes with benefits for all. Some lose, some gain, and some do not take it well. It's all a function of one thing, transparency and communication. Once there's transparency about the process, once there's consistent and constant communication, you can go through a restructuring and a layoff without having ethical issues. And should you have challenges going through it, you can call on us to come and help you. That's why we are corporate shepherds. We'll show you how it is done. But I want you to understand, friends, that you cannot just sit down one day and begin to restructure because there are issues. So I want to switch the gears a bit, my dear friends. Is the future of HR and techno-ethics? You wonder what is techno-ethics? You've all started hearing about AI. How is it going to happen? How is technology going to displace people? Today, we are talking about HR, human resources, and ethics. But then, the technology has brought in a dimension where we are going to have robots replacing humans or technology taking the space of humans. How do you merge that? And that's what I call techno-ethics. I'm to Wikipedia. Technoethics views technology and ethics as socially embedded enterprises and focuses on discovering the ethical use of technology, protecting against misuse of technology and devising common principles to guide new advances in technological development and application to benefit society and business. Plenty, plenty words. But if you say in the smallest, simplest manner, it is about people versus technology. People versus technology. 
and I'm going to posit some questions that I want you to think about. Is a full replacement really necessary? Or can some combination of people and technology be possible? Question number two. In your business, what should you do with displaced employees? Having come from question number one, I've come into question number two. And I'm going to ask other questions once we come back from the break. Remember, friends, this particular edition of, I would say, the, the final edition on ethics is focusing on ethics in the work, workplace. And when I come back, we are going to be looking at people versus technology. Don't go away. It's an interesting subject, and I hope you keep the dialogue. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends, from the break. I hope thus far, for those of you that have been on this journey with me, you remember that we are talking about ethics in the workplace or ethics and governance in the workplace. And to those that are just joining the program, it's been a full month where we've been looking at the subject of ethics under our business education series. I thank God for the opportunity to have walked us through and if you have any reasons and you want to have part of the series that have been covered, all you need to do is follow me on my social media handles at IDYENANG or simply send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com. I will send you the link so you can go through what we've had in the course of the month. Friends, before we went on the break, we're looking at the impact and talking about the future of human resources and techno-ethics. And I did mention to you what techno-ethics was as I defined it. But here in simplistic terms, I brought out two big giants. On one side, the people versus technology. That is the age we are in, age of automation, the age where technology is going to displace a lot of people. And so there are critical questions that I want to throw on the table because as you are in your business thinking about driving efficiency and effectiveness, these are questions that you must put on the front burner just so that you must have a good breast of techno-ethics, especially with our HR professionals. The first question I asked just at a point before the break, is a full replacement really necessary? Or can some combination of people and technology be possible? I'm asking, can you have a combination of both, a hybrid? Number two, what should we do with displaced employees? The employees that you are going to lay off as a result of technology taking that space, what do you do with them? Number three, question. The third question is, Letting machines make decisions on things proper. These are issues that, you know, we're talking about ethics. Is letting machines make decisions on things, on issues, or business proper? It's for you to answer that. It's an ethical question. Number four, should we force employees to wear tracking devices? In the age we are in now, you want to know if people are really working at home or where they are gone. There's some tracking device. Some are thinking 
Do we start putting it on our employees to wear like a wristwatch so we know whether they are at home, whether they are working or not, or where they are? That is really monitoring and getting into a private space. Will that work? Another question could be, should we force our employees to take on implants of tracking devices? Friends, I'm telling you about the future. This is the future of technoethics. These are issues that are going to come up in future. Right now, they don't look like serious, but trust me, whoever could believe that there will be chips that will be placed in humans. I know we talk about that in a different setting, but I'm saying to you, the final question is, what are the privacy considerations? My dear friends, these types of questions are many, many more will face the techno-ethicists in the future of human resources. Companies, businesses, and organizations will be saddled with this kind of challenges come the future. We are all heralding AI, automation. But I tell you, by the time it starts coming with its own back downside that will challenge us as people, versus technology. Those are considerations that will come through. But I want to share with you something I got from a document put together by a leading force, a PwC, around competing forces that are shaping the future of our HR world. And so this credit is going to that particular item that I read. This must be three, four, about years ago. So I'm bringing it into the context of um, the four worlds. And I want to share it with you so you understand what the four worlds represent. And in these four worlds, there are four colors. There's the blue world, there's the red world, there's the yellow world, and there's the green world. Reminds me of my chosen practice as a coach when we use insights discovery. Fiery red, cool blue, sunshine yellow, and earth green. But these ones are the four worlds where in the blue world, corporate is king. That is a world that is emerging. In the red world, innovation rules. In the yellow world, humans come first. And in the green world, companies care a lot. Let me start from the future, the yellow world of human resources. Remember, we are talking about human resources and ethics, looking at the future of human resources, looking at the future of ethics as considering governance and ethics and human resources. The future world of human resources that I call the yellow world will be carried in three dimensions. Number one, it will be humanity driven. Number two, it will be ethics and fairness driven and they will be highly emphasized. So of these four worlds, the yellow world, where it is humanity-driven, there's ethics and fairness being emphasized totally. The third point in this yellow world is the technology in this world will bring about automation of jobs. Now, what is the biggest risk? There probably will be no room for an HR department. I'm not trying to scare my colleagues in human resources, but I'm pointing into that future and saying, if I look at the yellow world of HR that will be driven by humanity, that will be driven by ethics and fairness, and that technology will bring about automation of jobs, then the verdict is that 
you may not require an HR department because even the robots will take off that responsibility and be managing it. Let's look at the future, the red world of HR or human resources. Here you have five characteristics. Number one, innovation is king in that red world. Specialists and niche profit makers will thrive. Number two, specialized skills are highly sought after. Companies will be lean in that future world of HR, that is a red world of HR. Number three, new products and businesses will be developed in the blink of an eye, just like that. Number four, regulation lags. You will have a lag in regulation. And the fifth item or characteristic there in the future world of HR, that red world of HR, is it will be fast, highly competitive, and very fast-paced. So if you visualize with me what the future red world of HR will look like with all of this, what will be the verdict? You obviously see that HR does not exist because automation outsourcing will replace it. And so for those that are in the human resource function or the skill or competency, you'll find out that in this future world of red world of HR, it might just be that the discipline may just not be there because automation will take everything. But then you'll say, you could argue that, okay, who's going to punch the button? Well, trust me, these days that they are beginning to tell you cars that would not have drivers, driverless cars. You, do you know that there are planes where sometimes you have a pilot? Of course, they are humans. But have you imagined one single day in the future when they will tell you that there are planes that are being flown without a pilot? I don't know if you'll board that kind of plane. I don't even know if you'll even know that it is possible for a plane to run, to fly, I beg your pardon, without a pilot. Then you look at what happens with missiles. With that nature of thinking and innovation, this world, this red world, innovation is king. Specialists and niche profit makers are the only ones that live here. Now, can this world exist in Africa? A different story. Let us quickly go to the future, the blue world of HR. Number one, here capitalism will be at the core. Workforce will be scarce. Number two, exceptional talent will be highly prized. Number three, human efforts pushed to its limits or human efforts will be pushed to its limits through physical and medical biotechnology. And number four, there will be a new breed of super workers that will be created. What I'm saying here, friends, is that companies will begin an obsessive compilation of personal employee data to predict performance and risk by monitoring the performance, health, well-being of every employee at home and at work. You think COVID was just a flash in the pan. Trust me, the future of HR concerning the blue world, this is what it's saying, where companies will have obsessive compilation of your personal data to predict your performance and risk. They'll monitor your performance. You might be at home, but they want to know about your health and well-being. Even you are working from home or you are in the office or you are in the virtual environment, whatever form or shape, here is the world where the verdict puts human resources 
or HR. HR will play a great role, a great role in this world and will use advanced analytics to determine performance and retention issues and predict future talent. So if you're listening to me and you are a general manager, an HR manager, or a professional in human resources, this blue world of human resources, given techno ethics, when it comes, it will be something that will demand on you having knowledge of advanced analytics. So I'm saying to you ahead of it, because you'll be pushing the buttons around ethics in the yellow world. You'll be pushing the buttons around ethics in the red world. When it comes to the blue world of HR, it will be about you driving human efforts through physical and medical biotechnology. Let me get to the last future, green world of HR. The green world of HR will focus on humanity first. Number two, green world organizations will have a strong social consciousness and sense of environmental responsibility. You will see that emerging now where they talk about no, no printing. Paper usage will be reduced. It's part of it, friends. It's part of the future that you don't see now, but that future is already here where they'll tell you you don't have to be printing piles of, piles of paper, that we need to save the trees. We need to save the environment. That consciousness is going to pervade the work environment. And this is all about techno ethics. It is about ethics of the future as per human resource, you and I. The future in the green world would also focus natural resources as scarce and international regulations will grow. You can see how a lot of international regulations are growing in this age. And it's because technology paves the way in this world, protects resources and reduces environmental harm. What is the verdict? What will come through in this world where ethics, governance, and human resources will come together? Technology and automation will make jobs obsolete. A lot of jobs will be obsolete. And having said all of this to you, you probably will be wondering, so what's going to happen in the world of the workplace? When you talk about ethics, governance, and human resources, or playing the place of technology. Friends, there will be high-risk jobs. What do I mean by high-risk jobs? For example, these days, a lot of stores like Amazon, you had Amazon Go, they don't have any checkout line or cash register. The process of payment is automated through a customer's smartphone. So you can skip the line and walk out. These days, if you go abroad, you don't have to go through the, the till. The checkout line is very different. You can just go there, scan your items yourself, and then go in some stores. Some other stores have moved with technology now. They will actually tell you what and what based on your history, based on what you buy from that store. They've actually mapped you and they know where you are. And they know once you're driving past, they'll tell you, oh, this level of your, I'm making this up, your cereal is down. You can get cereal from this store. You can get this. And when they show that you can get cereal, they know that you buy this brand of sugar. They know you buy this brand of beverage, whatever it is. And when the time comes, 
All you need to do is make that transaction happen. You don't necessarily have to be in the store. If you get to the store, you don't necessarily have to stand in the till. If you want to scan out, you can. Or as you get out, having used your smartphone to click on the barcode of all the items you're taking, you can easily walk out of the store and your, your account is charged immediately. Friends, that is a high-risk job. You know why? You're going to find that anybody walking in such places will start thinking about, my God, at this rate, I will not have a job tomorrow. Thank God for Africa, with the way Africa moves at that pace. Before it gets pulled into Africa, at least a lot of people will be saved. But be rest assured that it is coming. Another existing dimension will be fast food jobs. You've seen a bit of it even in our own environment here in Nigeria or Lagos. There will be fast food jobs. You'll find all of these panels that will be in your fast food joints. Typically, I don't want to call names, but let me use a franchise that we all know. All you need to do is to punch all you require on the board there. By the time you punch it, you just go pick up from the counter. It will be cheaper to buy a $35,000 robotic arm than it is to hire an employee who is inefficient in making $15 an hour bagging french fries. So I'm saying to you, businesses of the future, remember I painted the four walls. It will be actually cheaper for you, for someone in a business, to look for an equipment that will cost $35,000. Now, if you do the math and take that, depending on the exchange and what it will be, it will be cheaper for that person to hire that robotic arm than to hire an employee or employees who cannot make $15 an hour just bagging chips. Now, you will see that all of this started happening way back in 2016 in some climates. We are in what? 2021. Five years after, it has moved in very dimensions. Not even with the advent of COVID, you realize that technology has gone ahead with what happened with COVID last year. A lot of businesses are pouring money, pumping money into innovation. What do you think will happen to people? It tells you that a lot of jobs will be at risk. And it also tells you that there will be a lot of costs that people will have to bear. So we all need to brace up and see between the world of techno-ethics and then the world that we are as people. People are going to start wondering, uh -uh, how come technology is now replacing humans? Technology is not favoring humans. I'm telling you about the future. This future, I've shared with you the blue world, the red world, the yellow world, and the green world. Now, let me go into another part, which you'll begin to see, and it's the world of drivers. In fact, in, in our climb in Nigeria, you realize that at some point, there were some cars, with all the cars that are coming out now, this generation of um, newly produced cars, you'll find that vulcanizers can hardly change such tires. Not to talk of mechanics, they have to be specialized. And even drivers, as we move on, drivers, even of trucks, you will begin to see the need for simulator programs being done by employers for their drivers. Because drivers, mechanics, engineers, vulcanizers will become high-risk jobs. Why? 
because of the advent of technology, when the kinds of cars that will come through, I mean, take trucks, for instance. If you are used to driving a certain type of truck, and all of a sudden, the truck with technology, they've changed and transformed into a different mode. What do you think will happen to the drivers? You can't just bring the trucks and get any driver to drive it, no. It will go through the same program that pilots do. A pilot that you know, flies a 77 cannot of its own just jump into a 747 or an Airbus 380. You need to go for a simulator program. So what that tells you is that as the time begins to bring in, ethics begins to come in, or techno-ethics, technology, ethics will be something that will challenge our psyche and we will be asking ourselves very brief questions. So if I've talked about high-risk jobs, the low-risk jobs are for uh, beautiful hairstylists and cosmetologists. They are on an average all over the, you can say, 150,000 hairs on a human head. And each tiny one would need to be cut to an exact and different length. You will always need someone to help you shape your hair or your brow. Now, will scientists and engineers eventually be able to design a robot that can master those operations? Not likely in our lifetime. So what I'm saying, a low-risk job may be hairstylist. And in Africa, we have plenty. In Nigeria here, every corner is a salon. So those guys or ladies are doing well because no robot is going to come to start. Who's going to put his head on that robot to be, you know, shaving your head to the differing length that you require? Not likely. And so because of all these trends and impact on economy and people, then technology, ethics, governance in the workplace, you find that a low-risk job will be social and community workers. So I'm saying to you, for as many of you who really want to make a career, you're not sure. The time has come for you to get into the social and community workspace, go study, get your own certification, become a good social and community worker. You will not lack in the days to come. You will not be impacted by the affront of technology because you will need to speak to people either through a device or physically. A lot of people will need help. So my big question to you is, where are you in the workplace? Where do you draw the line in the workplace? The power of your knowledge, your social capital and networks are what would help you work in a very complex context. And so my dear friends, in the last couple of minutes, like I said, We've looked at the varied dimensions of ethics and governance in the workplace. We've also had a peep into the future of HR, a world where we are going to be contesting technology with ethics and, of course, with people. And today, as I round off on this all-important topic of ethics, I'd like to just go back to the humble beginning of where we started about ethics in the workplace, we defined it as a group of moral principles, standards of behavior, or set of values regarding proper conduct in the workplace. If you think about this definition and then you list on the place of technology, you realize that technology is going to bring a different spin to it. And obviously, 
will require a separate level of understanding and management to make it come alive. And that's why the world of techno-ethics is one that we must start embracing and seeing through, which is why at the beginning, I talked about ethics and relationships at work. The scenario one, where you have the management, you have the owner, and then you have the customer. Scenario two, where you have the management, the owner, and employees. And scenario three, where you have employee, employer, co-workers, and customers. In each of these scenarios, ethics and relationships at work will come with human resource dilemmas. Now, when you throw in technology there, you know that there's a lot for us to grapple with. That's why it's important that we must consider the knowledge and deep grasp of the world of ethics today in order for us to build a sustainable business culture to help us as Nigerians, to help us as Africans, and to help us as a global people that have a sense of the future. Friends, I can tell you, if you want to think about sustainability in your business as an employee, as an employer, as a coworker, as a customer, in whatever dealing you have, you must embrace ethics and make it a sustainable enabler all the way through. Thank you so much for listening, friends. If you have questions for me, please send them to my email, contact at navigatewithid.com or perhaps you want to follow me on my social media handles. It is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. I look forward to sharing with you in the coming month. By the time we say welcome, in the new month, it will be a time for another edition of Navigate with ID. Such a pleasure serving you. Thank you so much and God bless. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.